Welcome to the Radical Remission Project Stories That Heal podcast. My name is Kelly A. Turner, and I'm a PhD cancer researcher, New York Times bestselling author of Radical Remission and Radical Hope, and the founder of the Radical Remission Project. In this podcast, it is our honor to bring you inspiring healing stories directly from radical remission survivors themselves, as well as from the amazing doctors and healers they work with. As a reminder, the Radical Remission Project is not against conventional medicine, and we fully support an integrative approach to healing. Most of all, we hope that this Stories That Heal podcast will inspire and educate you along your healing journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Radical Remission Project's Stories That Heal podcast. I'm Liz Curran, and today Carla and I are so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Radical Remission Stage 3 Cancer Survivor, Chris Wark. Chris Wark is a young adult cancer survivor, best-selling author, and patient advocate. Chris was diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer in 2003 at just 26 years old. After surgery, Chris made the decision to go against his doctor's advice opted out of chemotherapy, and chose to use nutrition and natural therapies to heal. Six years later, in 2010, Chris began sharing his story of faith, courage, and determination, and his message of hope that chronic diseases like cancer can be prevented and reversed with a radical transformation of diet and lifestyle. In the last decade, Chris has become one of the most well-known cancer survivors on the planet and reaches millions of people per year as a blogger, podcaster, speaker, and global health coach through his books, social media, and his website, chrisbeatcancer.com. Well, hello, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are absolutely Hi, happy to have you. Hi, Carla. Good to be with you. Yeah, we're loving this. We get to interview Chris Wark. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris, um, when Liz read the bio, she gave a few details on your story, but we would love to hear just briefly in your own words, a little bit about that diagnosis and how you made the decisions you made on your healing journey. Sure. Happy to tell it. Um, I was diagnosed at 26, stage three colon cancer. Of course, it wasn't stage three at the diagnosis. It was uh, unstaged. I had been having abdominal pain for the better part of a year. And uh, the pain progressively got worse and more frequent and became a daily uh, occurrence. And then um, well, that's when I decided to go to the doctor and uh, had a colonoscopy. They found a golf ball sized tumor. They biopsied it <clears throat> and uh, called me a couple days later and said, you have colon cancer. This was a couple of days before Christmas, and they were trying to get me into surgery immediately. I mean, literally before Christmas, within a day or two. And um, I decided to postpone the surgery until December 30th because I didn't want to be in the hospital on Christmas. That was super depressing. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, even more depressing than the cancer diagnosis itself, <laughs> like, you know, what a sad Christmas to be in the hospital. So <clears throat> went in on December 30th, they took out a third of my large intestine where the tumor was. When I woke up, they said, it's worse than we thought you're stage three C. 
And um, so that's when it got real. I, I was told I would need nine to 12 months of chemotherapy. And um, at that point, you know, I was a pretty clueless cancer patient. I didn't know anything about the disease, didn't really know anybody. Uh, I mean, I knew a couple of people that had had cancer, but I'd never seen anyone go through cancer treatment. And um, so uh, in, a, in pretty much every way, I was your typical cancer patient. And what what we see often, again, that was 20 years ago, but very little has changed. Um, patients are rushed into treatment out of fear. And when you're in a state of fear, you you can't think clearly, you can't think rationally, logically. <clears throat> you become very easy to manipulate and coerce. Mm -hmm. And so patients are told they have cancer. This is a tr very traumatic life event. Uh, PTSD inducing mm -hmm. event for some patients. <clears throat> and they're told you've got to start X, Y, or Z treatment right away. Sometimes it's surgery in within the next two days. Sometimes it's chemo starting tomorrow. Uh, and so the patients don't have any time to think about their life or their situation and why they have cancer. They don't have time to research their treatment options. Usually the first doctor they see is telling them what they have to do. Mm -hmm. And most patients don't get a second opinion. Uh, and I, like I said, they're just rushed into treatment that they don't understand. Um, and that may, may have a, a low likelihood of even curing them. Right. Yeah. And I have a free guide for patients. It's called 20 questions for your oncologist. You can find it on any, on any page of my website, crispycancer.com. It's, it's easy to find. And I just encourage folks to go there and download that guide because there are really important questions that you need to ask your doctor so that you can make the best decision for you. And these are questions that most patients do not think to ask. In fact, most patients ask like two or three questions. Am I going to lose my hair? <laughs> hey, like, am I going to have to take off work? Um, you know, am I going to get sick from chemo? You know, it's like, and they're not asking the really important questions. The first being, will this treatment cure me? Yes or no. Yeah, Chris, I'm curious how, um, when you received your diagnosis, how did you know to take that pause or what, what inspired you to take that pause? Which pause? The pause, the surgery pause? Just the pause the on, pause? you know, taking that breath and really kind of taking it all in. And, you know, it takes a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, people talk about cancer patients being brave. Well, those are those moments that people refer to. How do you, yeah. how do you know to do that? Well, the surgery pause, again, was purely motivated by me not wanting to be in the hospital on Christmas, okay? So it was not uh, informed in any way. Uh, after surgery, when I got home, and again, my my whole story is in my book, Chris Beat Cancer. I, I, you know, for the sake of time, I have to sort of uh, yeah. jump to some of the important parts but and leave out a lot of details. But um, I made a decision to forego chemotherapy because my instincts and my intuition were just telling me like, this is not what you need to be doing right now. I just didn't have peace about that decision. Uh, I had conflict about it and um, I prayed about it. And I got a book that was sent to me from a friend of my dad's 
by the late George Malcolmus, who just passed away actually um, in November 2023. But George had colon cancer, um, something like almost 50 years ago. Wow. And healed himself with raw food and juicing. And wow. so I read George's book, one of his books, and it was such a incredible answer to prayer. I was so encouraged by his story. And sometimes it just takes one person, one story to come into your life at the right moment to completely change the course of your life. I mean, it's it's incredible the effect that one person can have on you or one person's story because I never even met George. But uh, but his story gave me a lot of encouragement and hope, and and it opened my eyes to the fact that healing was possible. And I had not been told that. Right. I, I had not been told that healing was possible. Now, they know in the cancer industry that healing happens against the odds, what obviously this radical remission idea. And in the cancer industry, they call it spontaneous remission. But what we call it is healing. That's what it is, right? Right, right. Body healed. But the medical term is spontaneous remission. And of course, Kelly coined the phrase radical remission. Um, But uh, I, you know, I got a little bit of hope and clarity and I, and I, and from George that my body could heal, that healing was possible. And this is like the most important one of the most important factors in radical remission survival is number one, you have to have a strong will to live. You have to want to live. Yep. Yeah. Some, important. Very some cancer patients when they are diagnosed at a time in their life when they are really, you know, uh, very tired of living. You know, and that happens, right? And cancer, the cancer diagnosis almost comes as a relief to some folks that have had a really difficult life and they have they don't have much reason to live. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And it must be like an out, right? Uh this that's is right. your chance to go ahead that's and, right. and leave. Mm-hmm. I've seen people in in you know long-term abusive relationships and just that have gone through a lot of hardship in life and the cancer diagnosis comes and and they just kind of accept it and they're ready to die. And that's that's totally okay. I'm not going to twist anybody's arm to live if they're if they're ready to to go. So yeah. um, so that's one factor, but you have to have a strong will to live. The second thing is you have to have a reason to live. You have to have a purpose. Yeah. If you're not sure what your purpose is, it's okay. You can figure out <laughs> what your purpose is, right? You can choose a purpose. You can find a reason to live. And when when I talk to cancer patients one-on-one, as when I did a lot of one-on-one coaching, I, the first two questions I was at, I would ask them is, do you want to live? Yes or no. And why, what do you have to live for? Cause you got to get really clear about those two things. Yeah. The third factor, and this is all sort of encompassed in what I call the beat cancer mindset. But the third factor is you have to believe that healing is possible, Right. You've got to believe that healing is possible. And a lot of patients aren't sure, right? They don't even know that healing, no one's told them healing was possible. They're hoping for a cure, a medical cure. uh, And they're led to believe that a medical cure is likely when in many cases, it is not likely. Uh, And 
but for me, when I read George's story, this guy healed, right? Here's a man who had the same cancer as me and his body healed and he didn't have surgery and he didn't have chemo and didn't have radiation, didn't do any, you know, didn't do any conventional therapies, but he overdosed on nutrition. He flooded his body with nutrients, anti-cancer nutrients. He changed his whole life and uh, provided the opportunity and the environment for his body to heal. And so I was, I was like, I can do that, <laughs> right? Like if this guy did it, I can do it, right? He doesn't seem, he doesn't seem particularly special. Yeah, he's just a regular guy like me. And he was in his 40s when he was diagnosed. I was 26, you know, it's like, I'm younger. I've got more energy. I feel like I can, I can do this. And so he gave me that spark of hope, right? He, that belief that healing was possible, I got from George. That's and that's amazing. what's so great about Kelly's radical remission stories. There's so many stories of people who've had a radical remission that give everybody hope that they can do it too. Right. That is why stories, I do. That's why I do what I do, right? I'm just yep. trying to be a light in the dark. To, mm -hmm. to again, to give that hope, to pass that hope forward so that um, anybody that's looking for it can find it and 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 uh, fan the flames of of hope and encouragement and belief and empowerment yes. that you really can change your life and help yourself survive and thrive through cancer. Like your choices matter. I say this all the time. Your choices matter. What you put in your mouth matters, how you think right. matters. Your, your daily decisions, your habits, your routines, your thoughts, right? These are all things in your control and they all matter. And, and your thoughts and your daily habits and activities can be leading you down a path of health or down a path of disease. Right. I love the little, um, the concept you, you had mentioned, just hearing his story. That was the seed that was planted that, you know, allowed you to grow your roots and to, to flourish yeah. And look at the impact, you know, the ripple effect of, you know, crispy cancer and all of the programs that you have. And, and you and Kelly have intertwined a lot with, you know, the kind of mm -hmm. along the same veins of the healing factors and, and all of this together, even this podcast, these individual stories, each person will be touched in a different way. And who knows how it's going to affect them. But putting this information out there is so important so that people have the opportunity to know because your point earlier, a lot of times they just don't even know. And, you know, I just want to say a quick thanks to you and your your series uh, is how I even learned about this side of cancer, because a friend of mine had a pretty significant diagnosis and she came across your story and and she was, you know, everyone in our town now knows about um, Chris beat cancer because of my friend Sharon and the impact that had on me, I had, I had a, a lost my sister years ago and she had a very conventional story. So for me to have a friend who had a beautiful flourishing life after a di a dire diagnosis, um, was very, um, opening and changed the course to change the path, right? Her one story changed my path. So thank you for that. I um, it. Lots of, you know, you're throwing all kinds of nuggets out there about the different healing factors, all, you know, lots of information. Um, anyone who knows you knows that, you know, spirituality and diet are really front runners to a lot of your um, your healing. I'd love to know maybe a, a modality that you use for releasing suppressed emotions or that, that type of um, emotional state for you in moments of stress. Sure. 
Yeah, you know, it's like <clears throat> George's story, just to put a button on that, that little part of my story is that he, you know, his healing and survival story gave me just this the tiniest little bit of courage that I needed, right? To step outside the box, right? And to take the alternate path, to take the road less traveled, to hack my way through the jungle is the analogy I like to use, uh, instead of going down the conventional path. And so, again, my instincts and intuition were telling me, like, uh, it just didn't make sense to me, poisoning my way back to health, that idea. I couldn't wrap my head around it. It just, it, you know, and then this, you know, this was a completely different option. This was instead of let's, you know, and again, I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad about doing chemotherapy, but it's like, it's very brutal. It's very toxic. The, the goal is to ho hopefully kill all the cancer cells. That's the paradox of chemo, right? I didn't even know that at the time, but um but again, that was one path, which was the the path of destruction. And I hope I survive and live and and can, you know, not have cancer after enduring all that. And the other path was, let's flood your body with nutrition. Let's do everything in your power to support your body's innate ability to heal, to build you back up, right? Like, and so that appealed to me. Right. So the choice wasn't that hard. Both options were scary, right? Because <laughs> both options were like, if you this doesn't work, you die. But <clears throat> but I was excited about changing my life. I, I had a strong will to live. I had a reason to live. Um, I believed that healing was possible. And I was excited to see what would happen. <laughs> right. And that's so I converted to a raw food diet overnight. It's just like that. Bought a juicer, as you know, and uh, and was on my way. But um, so your question, remind me what your question was. Oh, oh, yeah, about emotions. Yeah. So the, this is perfect because this these fit together so nicely. The, the beautiful thing is that anybody can change their diet overnight. Anyone, any person can change their diet, not even overnight, like today, next meal right? You can eat differently. Uh, any person can start exercising today, unless you're in a hospital bed. Okay. But most people, if you're not in a, in a hospital bed, you can take a walk today. Like your first step of exercise, you can go for a walk or a little jog or a run or book a yoga class or jazzercise or Zumba, right? Like you can do that today. And the physical, um, the physical aspects of healing are, are the first steps you've got to take, right? Because they're easy, they're doable, and that gets the ball rolling. And so once you get, once you radically change your diet, start focusing on eating like an optimized anti-cancer diet, <clears throat> and you start moving your body because exercise, the act of exercise kills cancer cells. The act of exercise boosts your immune system. The act of exercise flips off genes that promote cancer and flips on genes that are protective against cancer. So like, it's incredible how good exercise is for you. It doesn't matter what kind, just do something like move your body deliberately. <laughs> right? Right. And if you can get fresh air and sunshine in the process, you're compounding the benefits. Right? Get a mm -hmm. And so, so I just want to make sure I emphasize that point of like, get the physical stuff going first, like just get on that.
And so that's what I did. And then once I got sort of my diet in place and I got into a routine, which didn't take long. I mean, it took about a week really to get, just kind of get my routine going. And I just kept reading and researching, you know, I, I just kept coming across these, um, teachings, you know, about emotional health and spiritual health and physical health and, um, and even mental, right. Mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical, like they're, they're all intertwined. And <clears throat> If you don't have a healthy mental, emotional, and spiritual life, well, your your physical body will suffer. And so as I started to learn more about those concepts and those ideas, and I realized, and up until that point, I was not a, an emotional person at all, right? I was a very I, typical man or whatever is just, you know, not overly emotional. Like I just could have compartmentalized everything. I didn't, I wasn't a worrier, Right. I just focused on what I got to do today and like everything else is sort of shelved, right? And didn't ever deal with emotions, you know, in my life, unresolved emotions in my life, people from my past, people that had hurt me, right? Things like that. <clears throat> so, and I didn't want to, <laughs> right? I mean, I can remember the, when I- Nobody wants to. Yeah, when I first sort of read any, any uh, you know, some type of information about the stress and cancer, I remember being like, I, I'm good. Like, I'm good. I don't, this doesn't apply to me. But, but I kept, it just kept coming back. I mean, every, it's like everywhere I looked, every book I read, it just was in my face, you know, about the connection between stress and cancer and um, unforgiveness and cancer, bitterness and cancer, resentment and cancer, envy and jealousy and insecurity, uh, anger, um, self-hatred, you know, all these kind of things. And so I was like, okay, all right, I, I need, I guess I should, let me just go through them, go through this, these practices. Let me entertain this idea that I probably need to do this. I, I don't want to leave any stone unturned, right? So, okay, let me, let me look inward. <laughs> and, uh, and as I did, as I really got honest with myself about who I was and, and how I was thinking and, and acting and reacting, I realized that I've got a lot of improvement, <laughs> right? I've got a lot of room for improvement. Uh, I realized I was, you know, I was a very insecure person. I was very competitive, prideful, uh, prone to envy and jealousy, which was rooted in my insecurity. Uh, I was, I was, most of my activities were um, attempts to prove myself to the world, you know, that I was worthy of respect or admiration or whatever, right? I was a musician. So I was like on stage trying, you know, showing off. <laughs> you know, for admiration. I was an entrepreneur in real estate, you know, trying to, you know, make a name for myself as a successful business person, entrepreneur, or whatever, you know. Um, and so I, I got on, you know, I just was forced to be honest with my motivations and my fears and my um, insecurities. So that, that took a little time. And once I realized that, then I had to start changing the way I thought I had to catch myself right? And this is important. Like you have to catch yourself when you're feeling jealous or envious 
you have to realize in the moment what you're doing. You know, those thoughts, you got to catch those thoughts. They call it mindfulness now, but they, that term, I didn't know that term, <laughs> right? But um, the biblical term is take every thought captive, right? It's actually a, a biblical uh, principle. Is uh, And so I started to slowly catch myself in thinking negatively, whether it was being critical or judgmental or feelings of inferiority or insecurity or jealousy or envy or resentment. I just catch myself in these negative emotional states and that would make a decision to, to snap out of that state. And the way I snapped out of it was I would, was gratitude. And so anytime I would start to feel discouraged or, or resentful of other people or jealous or whatever, just unhappy with some, you know, person or event or circumstance, I would just stop and say, okay, God, let me just count my blessings. What's good in my life? Because I can focus on the bad things. I've got, I have cancer. And by the way, cancer amplified my resentment toward others, right? I was already resentful of other people for having things that, you know, I perceived as being advantageous, right? If a person's got a nicer car or they're better looking or they're more successful or, you know, whatever, just they're anything they have that I perceive is an advantage. I'd resent them. And now they don't have cancer. So I resent them for that too. Right? <laughs> so I'm like resenting every healthy person <laughs> and feeling sorry for myself. So, so I, but fortunately, like I, I was catching on very quickly, like these are not good thought habits, right? These are bad habits right? and they're not helpful to me. And so I would just stop and say, okay, what's good in my life? I have a wife who loves me. I have a home, you know, I have a safe place to lay my head at night. I have food in the refrigerator. I have enough money to pay my next set of bills. Um, I've got a really great dog, <laughs> you know, I can get out of bed yeah. and feed myself. I, I can go work, you know? And I just, as I started to count my blessings, I realized, man, I'm, I have so many things to be thankful for in spite of this difficulty. And so that would just, it would just shift my attitude, right? It was, it's, I call the gratitude hack. And it really boils down to one, one reminder for me, which was right now, there's someone dying in the hospital that would love to trade places with you. Yep. That's great. Right. Yeah. That's true of everybody, mm -hmm. right? They, there's a person that would love your problems, right? They would exactly. love to have your problems because yeah, perspective, right? Yeah. And I mean, even now, I mean, every time I repeat that, I say it out loud or I think it, I mean, it really does. It, I get emotional about it because I'm so humbled and, and grateful and thankful that I'm not in that hospital bed. Yeah. And um, we, uh, we, uh, we watched my wife's grandfather die uh, last month in the hospital, you know, and, and he lived a long life and, and had a wonderful life, but we, we, we watched him die. And, uh, and, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a remarkable thing to be with someone when they die. It's, it's hard to put yeah. it into words, but it just reminds you about how precious life is. And so, um, so that's my gratitude hack. So I can snap out of a bad, bad attitude quickly, right? If I just remember to do that. <laughs> and then <clears throat> the other part of getting my thoughts under control, right? The first part is just like, 
identifying what I'm doing, right? Uh, I'm being jealous right now. I need to stop being jealous. I need to be thankful for what I have, right? I'm being envious. Envy and jealousy are basically the same thing, right? You know, I'm being insecure and I need, I, I, I have enough. I am capable, right? I had to encourage myself. Like, I don't need to feel inferior and insecure. Like, I can do this. I can handle this. Um, and then when the other big piece to this is resentment, bitterness, anger, and unforgiveness. <clears throat> There's really three pieces. Most of those emotional states I men are mentioned are sort of like present tense. Uh, there's future-based stress, present-based stress, and then stress that's rooted in your past. And the future-based stress is worry and anxiety, right? That's the stress of what could happen, what's going to happen, the fear of the unknown. And I would quickly, as anyone with cancer knows, um, there are these wonderful moments of time during your day where you get busy and you forget you have cancer and it's the best, right? You're just busy working or having fun or watching a movie or whatever you're doing, right? You're with family or friends and it's great. And then uh, uh, inevitably you remember, <laughs> right? You remember you have cancer and this wave of fear and anxiety comes over you. And, uh, you know, it's like the big gulp, right? Like, oh man, I have cancer, you know? Oh my gosh. And um, <clears throat> anytime that would happen, I just learned quickly, I've got to, I've got to give my fear to God, I've got to trust God with my life and my future. And so I would just say, Okay, God, I'm not going to be afraid, I trust you. You know, I trust you. I'm not going to be afraid, I'm giving you my fear. And thank you for supplying all of my needs and providing for me. And I'm just trusting you to lead me in the path of healing. Right. And I would just pray that over and over. Like anytime the fear would creep in, that's just, that was I just, boom, I'd go right to that prayer. Just a, just a simple prayer of, of faith and trust and releasing the fear, just letting it go. Cause I didn't want the fear to steal my joy because it will, right. Fear Absolutely. will steal your joy. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. So that's how I dealt with the future based anxiety. And then the anxiety and stress that's rooted, not really anxiety, but stress that's rooted in your past is comes from uh, unforgiveness, mm. right? The bitterness and resentment and anger that you're holding towards people in your past that have hurt you. And we all have those people. We all have people in our life that have uh, broken our trust, that have abandoned us, that have betrayed us, that have let us down, abused us, um, you know, lied, cheated, stolen from us, right? Like, we all have people that have hurt us. And every time someone hurts you, you know, it's like they it's 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 an injury to your heart, right? It's like they've just bruised your heart, stomped on your heart, stabbed you, right? And over time, you know, with enough of those injuries, you you develop a pretty beat up, bruised, hard heart, you know? And uh, you become negative and cynical and skeptical and you don't trust people and the negativity just consumes you. If you would like to learn more about the Radical Remission Healing Factors, join a Radical Remission workshop to learn how to implement them into your life. You will learn how lifestyle choices such as diet change, 
increasing positive emotions, empowerment, and more can boost your immune system in scientifically proven ways. Our workshop follows a unique interactive format that encourages sharing and social support. You will create a self-designed one-week, one-month, and six-month action plan that you can begin to implement right away. For many, a Radical Remission workshop is the first step in finding a like-minded, uplifting healing community. The 10 factors of Radical Remission can be used safely by anyone on a healing journey, as well as for prevention. These 10 factors will aid you in improving your immune function and have helped many people overcome cancer or other chronic illnesses. Check out RadicalRemission.com to find virtual and in-person workshops, as well as other events. Being diagnosed with a serious health challenge can be emotional and overwhelming. At Radical Remission Project, we believe no one needs to face the diagnosis alone. Our certified health coaches work one-on-one -on -one or in small groups to support people living with a diagnosis to integrate the 10 healing factors of radical remission. Our team of coaches include national board certified health coaches, doctors, nurses, and other medical practitioners, as well as mental health providers. Our coaches meet each person where they are on their healing journey to offer support, accountability, and goal setting in a positive manner. Check out RadicalRemission.com to find your health coach and connect with them to learn more about what it might look like to work together. See the show notes for links to find a coach on RadicalRemission.com. So Chris, I'd love to know what, what did you do? What are the things that helped you with forgiveness, because so many people that I've talked to have said, I can't forgive. I don't know how to forgive. I've tried to forgive. What helped you do that? Um, <clears throat> so that the answer is uh, everyone can forgive mm -hmm. and it's easy. You can do it. And this is how you do it. Uh, so I made a decision to forgive every person who had ever hurt me. Right. So that was step one. I was like, okay, because I was just reading about forgiveness and how toxic unforgiveness is, how toxic bitterness is. And by the way, when you're in a state of stress, whether it's bitterness or it's envy or it's fear, when you're in a state of stress, your immune system is affected. It is suppressed. And there's a cascade of uh, biochemical reactions that happen in your body when you're in a state of stress. It interferes with your ability to think clearly and rationally. It interferes with digestion and your ability to absorb nutrients from food. And it suppresses your immune function. And so I, when I learned those things, I was like, okay, I, yeah, I'm forgiven everybody, right? Like, I don't even care. I, I, I want to live and I will forgive everyone. So that was the first part. And then the second part is you've got to forgive them one by one, mm -hmm. right? One by name. So if you sit, you know, if you just take a little block of time to just sit down and go, okay, it's forgiveness time. Who's hurt me? Who do I need to forgive? Right. And some names are going to pop up, right? There's some names that pop up right away. 
right? Right. <clears throat> you know, I suggest dealing with those first. <clears throat> and then you can dig deeper through your life, which I did. And you, as you can think through your past, like you think about like, you know, was anybody mean to me on the playground, right? In third grade, right? And, and you just, you just, you just really work through all of those painful memories one by one. And so with each person, with each event, I would do this. I would just say, okay, God, you know, uh, you know who they are, right? You know what they did. Um, you know how I feel about it. And I'm, I, it still hurts when I think about it, right? I still feel the, I still feel the pain from that incident. And I don't want to forgive them, but I'm choosing to forgive. I'm choosing, I'm making the choice to forgive them, to let this go, and I'm giving it to you. They're all yours. I'm releasing, right? I'm releasing my need for vengeance and justice, right? And, you know, karma and all this stuff. Like, I'm just giving them to you and I'm trusting that you will, uh, that you will serve justice on my behalf, right? And forgive me for holding on to this anger for so long because I need forgiveness too. I, I, and I'm asking you to bless them. I really hope you don't. <laughs> okay. But I'm asking you to bless this person who hurt me. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Okay. Jesus Christ gives good advice. He does. <laughs> this is good advice. <laughs> I like that little poem. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, like I'm going to do that. I'm just going to do that. I'm going to pray for this person who, who persecuted me, right? Who hurt me. And I'm going to ask you to bless them. And the, the cool thing is like, God knows your heart. He knows, he knows you don't want them to be blessed, but the fact that you're asking anyway, he'll honor that, right? And to me, like that's the secret recipe for just to just break your heart open and let God come in and heal it. When you say, I forgive and I'm asking you to bless them. Yeah, that's powerful. Great. Like it, mm -hmm. I cannot overstate how powerful this is. And so one by one, I did, I worked through every person in my life and uh, forgave them in that way. And there was just a tremendous weight that's lifted off of you. You know, when you do that, you'll feel it. You'll yeah. feel the way some of those people come up more than once. Oh yeah. And here's okay. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Bitterness tries to creep back in, mm -hmm. right? It, it tries to seep back in and creep back into your mind and your heart. And when it does, you just have to catch right in that moment and be like, you know what? I forgave them, right? And what I like to say is forgiveness is like a healthy diet. It only works if you stick with it. Oh, I like that. Right? Mm -hmm. It only helps you if you stick with it. Like for healthy for a week, what's that going to do for you? You know, yeah. nothing. And so forgiveness is a decision for life. Mm -hmm. So right? a daily practice. It's a daily practice and eventually it's weekly and monthly. You know, it's like what happens is if you just keep going back and saying, no, I'm not going to stew on this resentment and mm -hmm. anger. I'm not going to stew on it. I've released it. I've forgiven them. And you just kind of like put your foot down, right? In your own mind and say like, no, like it's done. And, and the good news is you don't have to go be friends 
<laughs> you know, you don't have to go tell them you forgave them, right? You don't have to talk at all. They don't have to be alive, right? This is a decision that you make in your heart. It's between you and God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's it. And it. so, uh, that's what I did. It's what I continue to do. And I, and I, ch I choose to be quick to forgive, right? Because people still hurt my feelings. Lord, I've been attacked online more than anybody I know, <laughs> right? People are mean to me on the internet. And, uh, and I just forgive them, you know, I quickly, I read some mean comment or some rude comment or whatever. Uh, and I just, you know what, God, <laughs> God, I forgive them, bless them. Uh, you know, I'm just not going to, let this steal my joy. And so one other thing I like to say, and again, I talk about forgiveness a lot in, in two of my books, in Chris Beat Cancer and in Beat Cancer Daily. I mean, it's it's a big part of the message. And um, but I like to say that forgiveness is a muscle, right? And you've got to exercise your forgiveness muscle. And the more you do it, the easier it gets and the better you get at it. And pretty soon you just become, it's like you become bulletproof, you know all the insults and the, you know, the indignities and the, uh, you know, things that people can do in your life, they just don't affect you. You're just like, yeah, it's, it's cool. <laughs> like that was rude. I forgive you. Yeah, that's great. So let me ask you this, Chris, with so many healing modalities out there, I mean, we've got some of the big ones, we know the radical remission factors, but what advice do you have for people on homing in on the ones that are going to work the best for them, the things they need to do first? Yeah, you know, there are there are big levers and there are small levers. And the big levers uh, produce the biggest results. And what I find is that people often are chasing after that miracle cure, magic bullet, quick fix, you know, alternative therapy. And they're still in this, this miracle cure mindset, right? Um, and you gotta, you gotta break out of that. There's no miracle cure. The body can heal, right? But healing takes time. Mm -hmm. And it takes con continual, consistent effort. And that means radical life change. And just creating a daily routine that is optimized for health that you just repeat every day, right? The way you're thinking and acting, what you're eating, exercising, and then some other, you know, obviously the stress practices, forgiveness, gratitude, right? Like really your faith, like those are, those are key. So the big levers are those things like what I see over and over the people get, well, it's not because they took some crazy herb or supplement or did some, you know, therapy in Mexico, it's because they ate a whole food plant-based diet, mostly raw food. They were hardcore and committed to juicing and they were drinking 40 to 64 ounces of vegetable juice every day, like I did. They made a decision to forgive every person that hurt them. They started practicing gratitude. They rearranged their life and removed stresses from their life. You know, they just identified all the sources of stress and just started eliminating things, <laughs> you know, too many commitments, too many, you know, just letting people walk all over you, bad relationships, getting away from people that are toxic. You know, they just really did a, a massive life change. Again, using the word radical here, but it is like it's radical, massive action, total life change. 
and then committing to this new lifestyle. And so those are the biggest levers. And this is like what I, you know, keep preaching. I have for, for publicly for um, 13 years is, uh, are these really tried and true, like, like uh, practices that give you the biggest bang for your buck? Like, you, you got to get these things in place. You got to get the diet in place. You got to start exercising. You got to forgive, right? You, you got to have some faith in your life. And then from there, you want to take a bunch of supplements and herbs. Hey, go for it, right? You want to do ozone and hyperbaric oxygen and PEMF and, you know, uh, IV vitamin C. Sure, right? Add as much as you can to the mix. But uh, you have to get the 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 fundamental foundational health practices in place. Yeah. And I have this program called square one and that's what I teach in square one. That's why it's called square one. It's like, look, this, you got to start here. Like this is not a A to Z alternative therapies class, right? right. It's no, no, <laughs> like you got to get the foundation in place yeah. in your life. You have to create a healing environment. Something I say a lot too, is that healing happens at home, right? Healing happens at home. You can go to a clinic, you can go to Germany or Mexico or Switzerland, right? You there, you can have a great experience at a clinic like that for three weeks, but you got to come home at some point and nobody's getting cured in three weeks at a clinic. Doesn't happen. Right. Okay? And having that foundation, that that word is is crucial. I feel like that really is a perfect way to articulate utilizing these, you know, the radical remission factors and the points you've made, you know, that is the foundation. That is the groundwork. You have to start yes. with that. And then these other things can be mixed in, but you without- You can add to it, you can build right. on it. But what I see a lot of people do is they're just, oh, I'm taking all these supplements and I'm doing all this stuff, but, you know, they don't forgive. They haven't even tried to forgive anybody. They haven't, you know, taken a deep dive into their emotional and mental right. health. <laughs> Yes. They haven't really changed their diet much. Uh, they they are not exercising. Like, um, you know, it's like they just think they're going to take some herbs and supplements and do some IV treatments or go to a clinic and get get cured. And uh, the best you can get from a clinic is a is a wonderful experience, some improvement, and a jump start. Like that's the best you you can get at three weeks at a clinic if it's a good one. Right. Um. And so, again, you, you got to rearrange your life, create this healing environment at home, get your routine in place, and that's where you get the the, the biggest benefit. That's what's going to help you the most. And so, you know, it's not it's not about the miracle cures, magic bullets, lotions, and potions. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but having said that, I do have I did have criteria in my own life because I certainly did a lot of that stuff. But the criteria that I had for me was if there's a potential benefit and no risk of harm, I'll do it. Right? Yeah. Sure. Like, and I can, well, and the other thing is, and I can find it and afford it. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. 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 So some things I couldn't get access to, couldn't afford, didn't do them, you know, but, um, but yeah, if there's, if there's no risk of harm and a potential benefit, I will, I'll ingest it. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do it, whatever it is, like supplements, herbs, therapies, I'm, I'm game. And, uh, I didn't mind 
you know, wasting time or money if there was a potential benefit. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, there's a million therapies. You can't do them all. There's not enough time in the day to do every alternative therapy, you know, out there or whatever, uh, even cl get close to doing them all. And so you, what really matters the most is, again, what you're eating <laughs> and how you're thinking and moving your body and creating this peaceful, quiet life that's conducive to healing. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's great. That's that's the perfect way to sum it up. Um, and um, I'm thrilled that we were able to spend so much time today really diving into the emotional aspect, because I think that's something that um, a lot of times people want to avoid that. Mm -hmm. So really, absolutely. The, the value is uh, is really there for what you've shared today. So thank you for that. Don't ignore it. I, I'm telling you, I've seen so many people, quote unquote, do everything right but they didn't address the stress in their life. Right. And yep. they didn't get well. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm of the uh, conviction that uh, stress will outweigh everything else you do. Right. It, it will, it may be 60% of healing. It may be 90%. Right. But yeah. even according to Kelly's research, right. If there's 10 healing factors, well, seven of them, are not physical, right? Right. They're not physical things. They're not diet, exercise, and supplements. So they're the mental, emotional, spiritual, and social aspects of your life, which all of those combined uh, can really create a, a peaceful, joyful, happy life. Yeah. If you Heat make sure and address, yeah. yeah. And if you make sure and address those other non-physical factors. So yeah, <clears throat> that's what I love about her research, right? It's it just shines, it just clarifies it. I think for a lot of folks that are trying to get their head around, like, what do I need to do? Well, there's a lot, you know. Right. But yeah. Yeah. A lot circle. of people will say it's like a, a little bit of a guidebook when you open that table of contents and you see them listed, and it really resonates because it is all things that people can do on their own. Well, maybe not alone, but without you know dipping into too many practitioners, they can themselves yeah. have some involvement in their healing. And, you know, this is full circle because I said it earlier, but you've got to get the diet, nutrition and exercise in place first. Like you just, you just got to get going with that yeah. because anyone can do that. You don't need a bunch of books. You don't need a bunch of equipment. You don't need, you know, like you just need to go to the grocery store, right? Buy some fruits and vegetables, get yourself a juicer. <laughs> like if you can get my book, if you want to, you know, some instruction there, but, uh, but like get that going first because that will give you momentum. That gets the ball rolling because the other stuff, the mental, emotional, spiritual stuff, that takes time, you know, yeah. it takes time. And so, uh, and it can feel overwhelming, right? And and I don't want anyone to feel overwhelmed. I want people to understand like, I can do it. I did it. You can do it. But you got to like, you've got to take some immediate action. and action begets more action. Right. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, everyone understands like, well, maybe not everyone, but there's actually a principle in physics. It's, it's easier to keep a ball rolling than it is to start it rolling, assuming Inertia. it's a very heavy, yeah. you know, big concrete <laughs> ball or something. And so just that initial effort to get the ball rolling once it's going, it's easy to keep up the momentum, right? Or it's like the first pedal on a bicycle, right? That's the hardest. Right, yeah. <clears throat> and um, 
So uh, I, I know I'm like a broken record, but I just am compelled to to keep stressing these things because I, I see so many people get o- either overwhelmed by, oh, I can't do it, it's too much, right? I don't know where to start. Like start with the food and exercise, start there, right? right. And then, then keep, then start reading some books, you know, and learning more and you can build on it. Uh, and, um, and don't chase after a bunch of miracle cures, right? Like, yeah, that's good advice too. Yeah. So as we, uh, as we wrap up, is there anything, um, you are promoting or want to share or any wisdom, you know, you want to offer that people can connect with you about? Well, we, we just uh, are about to release a new line of action figures, <laughs> crispy cancer action figures like GI Joe. <laughs> No, uh, love it and you're gonna have vegetables along with you yeah yeah there's a little juicer you know, <laughs> i think you're onto something <laughs> yeah um comes with a little mini bag of carrots and a juicer no um <laughs> right now i don't have i'm not yeah i i don't have anything i'm like new to promote but i have i do have three books that i think are very helpful and i wrote them for the cancer community obviously yes. chris beat cancers that book tells my story, exactly what I did, the nutritional protocol, all of this incredible nutritional science, right? I mean, there's so much science published that that has already demonstrated the anti-cancer, bioactive anti-cancer compounds in fruits and vegetables. It's incredible. And your doctor wasn't taught this in med school. Uh, they're not talking about it on the news, right? You have to go learn it yourself. So anyway, I the book, there's a big emphasis on that wonderful nutritional science in the book to give a person the confidence to know like, no, really, you just got to get this stuff in your body. Like get these compounds in your body, allicin from garlic, sulforaphane from broccoli, you know, anthocyanins and ellagic acid and berries, like, and on and on and on. So that's what that book's about. And then um, we have a cookbook that's called Beat Cancer Kitchen. And that's a hundred percent whole food plant-based cookbook with juicing recipes, giant salad, anti-cancer recipes. It's all optimized for anti-cancer nutrition. And that was a fun one. It's full color, beautiful book. That's behind me. Yeah, it looks great. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and then uh, Beat Cancer Daily is a daily reader. It's sort of like a, a companion book to the to my first book. And it just there's 365 days, 365 pages. And you just read one page a day and it's just inspiration, encouragement, and practical advice to keep you on the healthy path, Thanks. right? It's like, once you learn what you need to do, that's step one. And step two is like, you got to do it. And step three or the third factor, I guess, is that you need reminders. <laughs> like yeah, right. you need to be yeah. reminded of mm-hmm. where your what, what, what your priorities need to be and what's important, what isn't important. Like the simple things, the attitude, the mindset, the, 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 diet and exercise like so that book is just chock full of just like daily reminders and encouragement just to just stay on the healthy path um so yeah three books and then we've got a program called square one that's a coaching program for um cancer patients that just uh they want to be a part of our private support community and you can find that on chrisbeatcancer.com there's a coaching tab you can find out about that there but the books are on amazon and in lots of bookstores and stuff so you know, that's really what I have to share with the world. Um, and again, it all boils down to very simple things that anyone can do. Uh, and it just doesn't cost much money to do these things. 
It really right. doesn't. It doesn't cost anything to forgive. It doesn't cost right. anything to exercise. It doesn't yeah. cost anything to practice gratitude and to change your attitude and your mindset. It doesn't it doesn't cost much to much more to eat healthy. Because when you stop going through the drive-through and buying alcohol and Starbucks, you'll have more money to spend on organic fruits and vegetables. <laughs> you know, right. like right. really. Um, so, uh, so yeah. I mean, it doesn't cost anything to have faith. Yeah. And uh, and to spend more time with friends and family. <laughs> you know, it's like all these wonderful things to get out in nature. It doesn't cost anything. So it's like. And to right. me, that, that gets me the most excited is that the, the, the biggest part of my message, you know, that almost every aspect of my message is these are things that cost you little to nothing that you can do. You just have to have a strong will to live. You have to have, have a reason to live and you got to believe that healing is possible. Perfect. Well, on that note, I will close us up here and thank you so much for coming along to our our little podcast today and sharing your healing story and all of the nuggets of information that you shared i'm sure the audience will be very grateful to have heard from you today as we are to have you thank you it was really fun i appreciate you both uh liz and carla and um of course, Dr. Kelly Turner and the Radical Remission Project. And uh, yeah, just I'm a big fan and we're we're all on the same team and it's yeah, just great. It's just great to be uh, be with you today. Thank it you is. so much. Thanks, Chris. And thank you for listening to the Radical Remission Project, Stories That Heal podcast. Once again, I'm Kelly A. Turner, PhD, cancer researcher and founder of the Radical Remission Project. If you found today's episode inspiring, we encourage you to share it with anyone you think would benefit. If you'd like more information about the Radical Remission Project or would like some support bringing the 10 Radical Remission Healing Factors into your own life, visit us at RadicalRemission.com to find a certified Radical Remission Health Coach or to learn about an upcoming Radical Remission Workshop. And if you'd like to connect with Liz or Carla directly for health coaching, you can visit RadicalRemission.com forward slash about us. Most importantly, be sure to like, share, and please, please, please review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews are what allow us to keep finding sponsors, and sponsors are what allow us to keep bringing you these podcasts. So thank you in advance for your reviews. One last thing, would you like to be on our podcast? If you're a radical remission survivor who's been in remission for at least three years, meaning that you either have stable or dormant disease, or perhaps even no evidence of disease. You can contact us at radicalremission.com forward slash podcast. The Stories That Heal podcast is a production of the Radical Remission Project and Cat Productions, hosted by Liz Curran and Carla Mans Giroux, produced by Ryan Giroux, music by Batchbug. Follow the Stories That Heal wherever you get your podcasts.